Hi folks, and welcome to another episode of the Not Your Average podcast. Join me, your host, Jared Lacey, as we talk to the not-so-average people of this world and hear about their remarkable stories. You can find us on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please sit back and enjoy. Okay, folks, welcome to another episode of the Not Your Average podcast. Uh, Today I've got a good buddy of mine on this episode, someone I look up to, someone I've known for quite a long time, and a fair few years actually went to school with him. So uh, we've got a good yarn. Good bloke, and that guy is Brendan Swan. Brendan, how are you today, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm really excited to be here on your podcast, and um, it was really cool to hang out and train today. And yeah, you just yeah. you just buried me in the <laughs> session. <laughs> I've been squatted like that in a while since COVID, so uh, that was pretty nice to do. So thank you for having me over for that. You're welcome. It was great fun. We should do it more often. We should. We, we do live pretty close. Yeah. Close think, by. It's the first time we've actually trained together. Well, every time we meet up at a comp, you're always like, come train, buddy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we'll come train, and then we never sort it out. Yeah, so we've, we've done it now, which is good, yeah. so hopefully we'll make it yeah, more yeah. of a regular Yeah, tick the thing. box, tick the box. So yeah, as, as I said, everyone knows Brendan Swan, the athlete, um, the CrossFit competitor. Um, I know Swanee a bit more personally. As I said, I went to went to high school with him. Uh, I was a few years older, so I'm 30 now, you're 28. So you graduated 2008? Correct. From St. Yep. Edmunds College? That's right. All right, so we'll go into your childhood a bit. What were you like as a kid? Fat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's probably how you remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I think um, I was always I was I was an energetic kid growing up. Um, you know, I, I think like most like most young boys, I sort of got into sport pretty early. I played yep. played footy growing up, and um, you know, pretty pretty ordinary childhood. You know, mum mum was a stay at home mum for my early years, and dad yep. dad went off and worked, and then sort of they both had jobs later on, and I, I have a brother as well, and but yeah, just a very I guess average run of the mill Australian childhood, I guess. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I was always energetic, I was always into sport, and and I was always pretty into school as well. I think um, yeah, you know, like uh, in in all as- all aspects of my life, even at a young age, I, I was always pretty determined to do well. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether it was you know something as rudimentary as making a title page for, you know, Japanese class in, in primary school or it was playing footy or um, yeah. building model airplanes or whatever it was. And I did all that stuff when I was younger. I was, I was very determined to give my best effort. And um, that's something I've, I've carried through um, into adult life as well. Yeah, nice. So you, you mentioned you're interested in sports. What sort of sports did you play growing up? Yeah. You, you had a fairly athletic upbringing yeah so i mean like i said i was, I was a bit of a fat kid <laughs> but i was always really quite fit for my size and quite active i think i just i, I had you know I, I, my my grandparents are italian i spent many days over at my Ooh, my, pasta. my nonna's place and <laughs> yeah. probably ate too, far too many carbs and that was pretty yeah. much, pretty much like the, the size thing explains itself but i was always pretty yeah. active and and um you know healthy in terms of like you know i didn't really i didn't rarely inside I was you know always yeah. out kicking the footy or something after school um, but yeah I did a fair bit of everything I, I did swimming and I did some athletics uh, a bit of cricket um, tennis here and there and stuff but yeah. really really my passion was was rugby uh, rugby yeah. league and then rugby union when I got into high school um, and I sort of they, that was pretty much always the mainstay um, in my life from sort of 19 years old right through to yeah. when I started CrossFit um, and honestly, if I hadn't found CrossFit, I probably would have played footy for a bit longer as well. Yeah, that's crazy. So your childhood was good. You obviously spent a lot of days that your nonna's eating pasta. Yeah, yeah, no, I've got very fond memories of my childhood. Yeah. Like, a, I think we we didn't really, you know, we certainly weren't 
we weren't rich growing up or anything. If, if anything, my mum and dad probably didn't have much money at all. But yep. um, from my memories, I, I never felt like I went without my childhood. I know those guys, mum and dad, really went above and beyond to try and give us, yeah. myself and my brother, the, the, the best possible upbringing we could have. And I've got nothing but fond memories of, of yeah. growing up. I, so. I think that actually brings people together more. So yeah. growing up, um, my parents weren't rich, but are rich in love. Yeah, like exactly. So they gave you everything they could, give you what they had. But they loved you regardless. Yeah. As, as, instead of sharing you with gifts, they shared you with loves. And I actually think that helps you grow up as a person. Yeah. And I'm really appreciative of the upbringing I had as well because, you know, and I, you know, you do, if I think back, I remember, you know, there were kids that were, you know, got the best of everything because, mm. you know, their parents might have had, you know, making more money than mine or whatever. But, you know, and you, you'd wish you had the, the, you know, we were, we were stuck with a PlayStation yeah. 1 when the PlayStation 3 was out and stuff Tony, like that. Tony but, Hawk and a bit of like, yeah, but, Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Two, of the, two, of the, two of the GOAT games yeah. uh, of all time. Now all the rich kids want some. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, so like, you know, but it, so yeah, there's probably moments where I was like, oh man, I wish I had this or, you know, my neighbour has a pool and we don't or whatever. But like I said, it's um, my parents... Um, really worked hard to make sure that we had the best upbringing possible and, and I don't I never felt like I really went without that much and I, I uh, I'm very grateful that we had um, probably a humble childhood in a lot of ways but one where we were really um, given as much love and attention as we were because I think that's really carried over into my adult life now where I'm you know as, as a professional athlete and sponsor, having sponsors and all that sort of stuff yeah. I, I still am very grateful for anything I get yeah. and I, I want to work hard to um, do right by my sponsors and, and, and do right by people and I think a lot of that comes down to the way that my parents treated me and the way that my parents brought myself and my brother up yeah it's um, you're humble for it you're very humble yeah very and humble, just, just grateful you know like I, yeah. I'm uh, it's earned not given yeah and yeah. I'm very aware that I'm very, very aware that the majority of people that I went to school with or grew up with are probably, you know, working jobs. Many of them probably aren't doing what they envision themselves doing. And I'm not, I'm certainly doing not what I envision myself doing, yeah. but I'm living this dream life in a lot of ways. Um, and I also understand that it can easily be taken away at any moment. Mm. I could get an injury or whatever. And, you know, and then people, people forget about about athletes very quickly. So I'm just trying to enjoy every moment and I'm extremely grateful for. The opportunities I get, um, and, I'm, and and the people I get to work with, and the, the companies I get to work with. Yeah. And what, what did you envision to do growing up? I was always sort of focusing on more thing around. I mean, when you're a kid, it's like yeah, you know, professional rugby league player, yeah. Or whatever, yeah. right? Like going to the top, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you know, state of origin <laughs> yeah. and all the rest. But um, uh, when it got into high school, it was more you more start thinking about you know having a career and all that sort of yep. stuff. Uh, I was quite determined to be a physiotherapist, mm -hmm. actually. But again, I think it fell in with that. I always had that love of sport. And, you know, any kid that wants to be a physio probably wants to work yeah. with a professional sports team or yeah. something like that as well. So I always sort of envisioned myself falling somewhere into the health space, sports space. Um, and I'm very fortunate that, that I that I did that. Um, yeah. not, not the way that I envisioned, but, you know, like I ended up you got moving, moving into, you know, competing but also running a gym and, and coaching yeah. and all that sort of stuff so I, f I fell into the industry that i'd always envisioned but it was a very different Just path. different different route yeah yeah so moving on to your te teenage years yeah um scholar at st edmund's college <laughs> how were they mate for you yeah mate st edmund's was amazing I, I i have extremely fond memories of it um and you know like i i haven't been back there much since since my time there but i, I look back on uh look back on it with uh Nothing but nothing but good memories. And I, I mean, I had, 
some um, you know some run-ins and hiccups along the way, like every kid does. I think. Yeah. Uh, but um, you know, for the most part, I'm. I, I feel like a lot of the a lot of the values that I carry now and and the way I live my life were honed and developed mm. at Emmons. Um, yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm sure you feel yeah. the same way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, a really good school. Um, you know, unfortunately, I don't get to speak to as many people as, as I, you know, very few people that I keep in regular touch with, but the, the people that I do keep in touch with are mates for life. So Yeah. Um, it's that um, they create good people at school. Yeah, that's what way. I like about That's what I love about the school is that I think they're... They're they're focused on the development of the the boy or the, the development of the man as a whole, and not yeah. about that. You know, they they're not concerned about you know OP scores or mm. um, having the best rugby team or whatever. And I'm sure I'm sure those things are important to the school. Um, but above all, it's very clear when you're going through that the the first and foremost um, focus for them is to is to make sure that you develop into a good person and that when you walk out. Um, yeah, off Snedman's College, um, you walk out into the world making it a better place. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so yeah, that, and you, you hit that nail on the head with the, they develop the man. Yeah, they develop the men. Sorry, they they really put a lot of um, emphasis on the values of becoming strong leaders in the community, and I can see that in a lot of people that come out of that school. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, hundred percent. That's I think that's part of the reason why I want another kid just so I can get a boy to send him there. Yeah, well, so, like, <laughs> yeah. So we've got, I've, I've got Nate now, and um, and. Boy doesn't life change when you have kids, yeah, right? But it does, um, mate. but you know, if, if I would, I would, you know, if we're still around, it switch when it comes time to send him to uh, to school. Um, I, I I would have no hesitation sending him mm. to Now, my, one of my fondest memories is of Swanee in high school, <laughs> and you you were quite an outlandish kid. You were pretty funny. You, you did you did have a voice, and I remember being at a sports carnival. <laughs> <laughs> When you we we won't say fat we'll say nuggety we'll say nuggety yeah, I, was, I prefer nuggety yeah, I was, um, I was but growing you were you were growing you were becoming a man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we were getting heckled um, getting called bogans and everything and as we people, always did oh, people yelling out to us that we stole their hubcaps and then we took that on board and we're like yeah we did steal your hubcaps and whatever <laughs> um, but you, one guy got to you and I, I just remember I won't say the full words because. I haven't ticked the box that there's expletive language on this podcast, but I do remember you just turning around as we we're up the front, and um, what was it? Someone yelled out something to you. Someone called you fat. Mm. Do you want to touch on what you said yeah. back to him? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll try and explain the. I'll try and explain it in a more of a G-rated term. Yeah. Basically, we can go PG. Yeah, PG. <laughs> basically, yeah. I, I think. I, Got told. I was, I was, I was this. I was with all the senior students, yourself included, yeah. and I was in a. I was probably the only junior student, and like you said, I was I like, I, I like to let my voice be heard when I was a bit younger, and um, and someone told me I was like, sit down, you fat so and so, or whatever, and <laughs> from from the other school, and I think I turned around, it just came out. I was like, the only reason I'm fat, is <laughs> <laughs> because every time I sleep with your mum, she feeds me a biscuit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
etched into folklore yeah. from there. It was kind of like... I don't think every time we catch up, I'm like, hey, sorry, remember when you did this? And then we all got in trouble. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then basically the entire school got in trouble because of, because yeah. of that. So was, and then there was um, ten of us, nine white shirts and this little blue shirt <laughs> <laughs> getting hauled into the auditorium. All right, gentlemen, yep. <laughs> <laughs> who said this? <laughs> <That's> yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, that was one of the fondest, fondest memories of school. I still laugh at it. I, my mum still laughs at it. Lasted it? Yeah, I don't, that, I, don't know how many people, yeah, I don't know how many people know about it. Yeah, because so. I'll say, oh, saw Swanee down at, um, you know, Australian CrossFit Championships or Torian Pro Quarter. Oh, how was he? Oh, remember that time? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you're etched in folklore there, Brendan, yeah. that's for sure, mate. Yeah, I think, uh, hopefully, I'm hoping that, you know, that's not the only thing for <laughs> that school. Like, you know, I like to think that I, you know, yeah. I was a good well, student and I came yeah. out of there a good bloke as well. Yeah, but. well, you, you were also, not only that, you're a good swimmer. That's yeah, good. I wasn't too yeah, bad. Wasn't too bad at swimming. Yep. You also played a bit of rugby. Played a bit of rugby um, and, and loved it. And I think, you know, it's a lot of the guys, as we were having this conversation earlier, you know, like rugby becomes a really big part of your identity when you go to Sydney. Yeah. Um, particularly if you, you know, if you came through being a footy player earlier and it, you know, it is a, there's, there's such a, a brotherhood um, between the, the, the rugby boys mm. um, and there's so much history and tradition um, there um, that you want to be a part of and, and, yeah. and, and then also sort of, you know, write your own name in that, in that sort of, that part of the school. So, um, you know, I was really, I really loved my, my days playing rugby at St. Mm. Um, yeah, we were talking about it before. We had that thing where we um, would walk down the hill before yeah. a game and how one of the things I wish I could do on a footy field again is just that, to do that one more time. Yeah. Like, it, 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 for five years of your life, you look up to these gods, I think you put it, that yeah. they, they walk, or four years, they walk down the hill. Yeah. And you're like, oh, one day I'm going to do that. One day I'll do that. Yeah. And then I was saying I got to do it four times and I want to do it again, but you actually only did it. I did once. it once, yeah. yeah. So I, I played, I played three games of footy in my senior year, um, and broke my collarbone yeah. on the on the third game. So two of them were away games, and the other one was a, a home game. So I only actually got to walk down the hill once, which was, yeah. um, you know, and I, I can still remember it um, yeah. again because there's such a big build up to it for so mm. long. And it's, I mean, you look back at it now, you're like, yeah. it's, just a, it's, yeah. a, it's a stupid hill. Like, yeah. It's such a, like, it's, it's such a, I mean, given, you know, some of the things that I've got to go on and do now, it's, you look back at it and you're like, oh, but, but back then it was, yeah. it was, it meant so much to you to, to be able to, to be able to do it. And you also, I remember like, you, you I remember also doing it for the first time. You're like, shit, I've never done this in boots before. Like, yeah. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> yeah, fall over. <laughs> you got three quarters of the way down yeah. the pipe and then the, oh, I remember one year, so, um. Good mate of mine, Tato Sullivan, was our captain. Yep. And he took off too early, and then everyone started running too early. <laughs> like, oh, you do the old quick feet down yep, the hill, but yep. yeah. Don't trip, oh, don't trip. Mate, that, you're right though, it's just a hill, but it meant more than just a hill. Yeah, and it's yeah. like I said, I think it's, there's, there's such there's such tradition at that school, and um, this being a part of the, the rugby team in the firsts, and um, and you know the training you go through, and the, and the mate, mateship you build with people along the way, mm. Um, made it more than just a hill, yeah. and made and made that that moment really special. And you know, if yeah. I think about things that I've done in CrossFit and stuff, it's you know the things that I remember and the things I've got fondest memories of are, are like particular moments. It's not necessarily winning an event or something like that, but it's more um, you know little moments in time or slices of slices yeah. of time that for one reason or another were really significant to you. Mm-hmm. And um, and and you know the hill at Sandy's was similar. Yeah, in that regard, same boat, mate. 
As I said, one more time would do. Yeah. Just an old boy's we'll game. We'll have a rough <laughs> yeah. I got me boots in the car. <laughs> yeah. Pretty broad them. So what, what did you learn from Teenage Swanee? Obviously being this you know, outlandish sort of nuggety kid. What, yeah, did you, what have you learned from him? Um, you know, I, I mean, I think it's a. There's been, I think I've. There's been like an evolution, and I guess a natural evolution of myself and my personality yeah. over the years, like through school, out of school, like even even as a young CrossFit competitor, I think I was quite, I was quite outspoken and quite mm. loud and proud, and uh, a lot of the time, I think I, and I like to to be honest with you, like and again, like I've I've, I've never had like. I've never done any like psychology sessions yeah. or anything about my childhood or whatever, but I, in a lot of ways, um, I think a lot of the confidence I tried to exude was uh, almost overcompensation for the fact that I wasn't really deep down a confident mm. kid because I was an overweight kid and, and I also was always trying really hard to impress people and, and yeah. um, you know, and I think like a, a lot of the time you find like the fat kids are the funny kids or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of that is you try, you, you find something that um, people acknowledge you for and think is good about you and then mm. and then you'll continue to do that thing because you know it gets you praise and it, and it makes yeah. you feel good um, so I think for me growing up and and um, you know using that and using my humor and using my um, outward spoken nature and all that sort of stuff to because it's, it seemed to work for me, um, was kind of a, a means of me um, feeling good about myself. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it got me into trouble, i.e. the incident we had at the Athletics Carnival, but, um, you know, and, but in a lot of ways it worked well, and I, I found, you know, I developed, a, I developed a, a knack for public speaking, and so later on in high school, I, you know, I got into leadership positions and stuff yeah. like that, and... Um, and I, I never had captain, any, or yeah, the house captain, house captain. Um, both junior and senior. <clears throat> yeah. Um, you know, and I never had any problems speaking in front of crowds, or if, if I was asked to do something in front of the school, or someone had mm. to do something, I was always happy to put my hand up and yeah. just do it. Um, and I think that helped a lot when it came to you know you you get into CrossFit and like the all of a sudden you're competing on in this high level stage and. Um, I think early on in the piece with CrossFit, I did the same thing. You know, I kind of came out with a lot of bravado and a lot of I was, I was loud and proud, but a lot of that was, you know, almost like a bit of a cover up to hide any insecurities I had or any nerves I had because you know you're competing against guys that you looked up to. Yeah. And then um, over the years, as I became more confident in myself and comfortable with myself. Mm. I've probably become more reserved and laid back and I think yeah. people know me to be a lot different now than what I was even four yeah. or five years ago um, probably because I'm far more comfortable in my own skin yeah 100%. Um, and I don't have any reason to be I don't have any reason to be loud and, and outlandish anymore because I've proven to myself that I am good at this and I've you know mm. and I've proven to myself that you know I, I I don't know, like a, you know, I have. A, I guess I just have a much higher self worth than I yeah, had than as, a, used to. as a kid, yeah. and even as a young adult. Um, and now I'm sort of, I've got, you know, a beautiful family. Um, I've got my home gym. I've, you know, I've written a few chapters in my story that I'm very proud of, and and so I can I can look back on that and, and, and be happy with myself. Mm. And, um, so I think that's probably deep down in a nutshell how I've evolved as a person. Yeah. I think if you can look back, like I remember getting told by someone that I need to sort my life out, and this was about four or five years ago. Mm. Now at this stage, 
me and Tanil were happily. We got married. Mm. Um, we had Isabella, my firstborn. Yep. And I had a good job. Yep. And I didn't think I was good enough, but until I sat back and reflected and went, I do have a lot of self-worth. I've achieved yep. a lot. Yep. Um, yeah, it takes a lot to do that. And, that's, and I think it's funny too. Like you, we, always, we always want what we don't have. Yeah. And one thing I always remind myself, like we always want, we look at someone's life and like, wouldn't it be great to be that person? Wouldn't it be great to have done that? But when you look back, like I think we, we need to sort of look in our own backyard a little bit yeah. more and, and, and be aware of the hard work we've put in and, and the achievements we've made. Because, you know, like especially now, like, you know, I've got a, you know, we've got a 10 month old and, yeah. um, you know, and I'm married and, and, you know, and I'm a stay at home dad now and I train sort of around that. And like, you know, bringing up kids is really difficult. Yeah. Um, you know, sleep deprivation is really yeah. difficult, yeah. especially right now with like COVID and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Like holding down a job is really difficult. And like, so if you can, if you can look back and be like, you know, like I've got a steady job, you know, we're, you know, we've got good, healthy income, kids are healthy, family's mm. happy, me and my wife are happy. Like, you know, that's huge. And like, for yeah. me, that's, that's the stuff that I look like, despite all the, this, you know, the achievements I've had with CrossFit, the things I'm most proud of is the fact that I've got a really good relationship with my wife yeah. and I've got a healthy kid. Absolutely. hundred percent. So from high school, then they become teenage 20, you left high school. Yep. Um, what were you doing before CrossFit? Because I know, did you play a couple of seasons with the Ipswich Jets? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I played, I went to, I got out of high school, um, was going to play rugby originally. I was going to play yeah. union because you know, Eddie's was a union school. Uh, and then, but um, sort of <laughs> for one reason or another, I didn't want to travel 30 minutes down the road to Brisbane <laughs> yeah. to, play, to play like rugby yeah. or something. So I ended up, um, I ended up pl- going back to playing rugby league and a mate of mine, Grant uh, Lewis, mm-hmm. um, sort of t- convinced me to come to West End and I went there and had a, had a great couple of years there and, and a couple of, couple of years sort of in the jet system as well. And then, yeah. um, but again, uh, that was pretty short lived because I got into CrossFit sort of mm pretty early like I sort of started CrossFit um, towards the end of being 18 um, and I was dabbling with it still playing a bit of footy and then yeah. finally CrossFit took over so the the, the post sort of high school footy career really only lasted like two or three years <laughs> yeah. um, and, and and then this sort of you know this CrossFit thing sort of took me on a left yeah. hand turn how did you find CrossFit how did you find it yeah so Grant same thing actually funnily yeah. enough was, was doing it a little bit um, he was studying to become a personal trainer um, I remember he mentioned it a couple of times and um, and I was quite into just like standard gym stuff yeah. bodybuilding and heavy lifting and, and I was always pretty strong like I and I think even like just out of high school I was deadlifting 200 kilos and you know I got into heavy lifting and stuff pretty early on um, and then um, but yeah I kind of got into I was you know I wanted to you know I'd, I'd, got myself into the jet system but I wasn't like I was far from a star player mm. you know and like if I wanted to like really break in and like trying to have a good run with the jets and, and, and whatever I really needed to make some self improvements I probably needed to get faster more agile yeah. a bit fitter a bit stronger so um, I kind of looked into you know what I needed to be doing training wise and, and you know CrossFit kept sort of popping up yeah. it was just starting to leak into Australia a bit more and um, and then yeah and um, I decided to give it a go. I had a, I had a friend who, funnily enough, we ended up both running gyms in Ipswich, um, Alex Falagi, who yep. um, runs Wise One CrossFit. Me and him were personal trainers at Good Life at the time, mm-hmm. and he had just started going to 
CrossFit Ipswich, which was the first affiliate. Yeah, it was on it. And, yeah, yeah, and uh, it was like he was doing these five AM sessions, and um, there's another another lady out there, Liz Dell, who mm-hmm. um, I'll still who train was, with. Yeah, yeah, who you still train with? Who <laughs> yeah. you know, who I've known for many years now as well, and who's a friend of mine. So um, they kind of convinced me to finally come along, and I, I went one morning and. You know, it was this grungy, dirty, yeah. like underground, like no one, it was like Fight Club back then. Yeah, like, no one, no one, no one, about no one knew where it was, there was no <laughs> yeah. signage, like you just, you just, I think this is the place. Yeah. And then sort of went in and like, you know, did this workout and like, oh, you don't have to wear a shirt. It's like, fuck, I'll oh, see you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like this is awesome. So, um, yeah, and I just never, never looked back. And then within a year, I was sort of looking at opening up my own gym and yeah. um, the rest is history. So what drew, what drew you into state with CrossFit was? I get that feeling like of you walking into the gym and there's like a group sort of training yeah there's obviously like the you know i found like i sort of found my tribe a little bit you know yeah. like it's and I, I mean i was i was i found i was you know i picked up quite quickly and i was quite good mm. at it quite quickly and obviously when you're good at something you feel good about it you want yeah. to keep doing it um you know I, I did a couple of little competitions and i did really well just locally yeah um and people saying you know you shouldn't you might go to regionals which i was like well, what's regionals which was sort was of the next... sanctionals back then no so right. now we've got to see the sanctionals yeah. and back then um did the... they call they called them regionals yeah back then, so there's yeah. a, a the year i started crossfit they had what was called the sectionals yeah sorry sectionals and then yeah. the sectionals was kind of more was kind of more local and then like obviously yeah. and then from sectionals you would go to regionals which was mm. the best in like australia and new yeah. zealand um but that was the year I started CrossFit. The first year I was competed properly was the following year, which was the first year of the Open, yep. which we still have now, mm-hmm. which was the online competition. And then you'd go from the Open into regionals and then regionals to the games yep. um, in the US. So I uh, started, um, you know, competing and doing well there. You know, you're getting, you're getting all this ad- admiration or yep. adoration from Cuts people on the because back. you're doing well. Yep. Um, you know, I was, I was already sort of, I was, in the fitness industry already for work and I wanted to open up my own gym and so it kind of mm. it kind of just sort of like it was a perfect little storm in a teacup so to speak um, I opened up my own gym I made the games that same year um, and we sort of just yeah. went from there and it, it became a large part of my identity yeah so um, when did you realise though you wanted a career in the sport uh, was, I think, was it early on early yeah course? I think as soon as I as soon as I made the games, sort of like I made, so the, the first year I made the games, which was 2012, it was very unexpected. I came the f- year before was my first year at regionals, yep, the best in Australia and New Zealand, and I came 31st. Yeah, the following year I made the podium and I made yep. the games, and so it was super unexpected. Yeah, it was top no one, three back yeah, then. top three yeah. back then. No one expected me to qualify. I didn't expect me to qualify. I was kind of hoping I'd get top 10. And I came third, yeah. and then you go to the games, and I got to compete against guys like Rich Froning, yeah. and back then it was like Jason Felipe. How old were you then? 2012, you would have been 20, uh, like, 21, 22? Yeah, so you, like yeah, that. still yeah. very young. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. very young. Um, again, heaps of bravado, yeah. heaps of like, just like, you know, wanting to prove myself and be the best. I was 10 yeah. foot tall, bulletproof. Um, you know, and you, you're a young kid and you want everything that a young kid wants. Like if you think yeah. back to being 20, 21, like you want, you want fame and you want, mm. um, you know, people to like you and you, you want, the, you want like to keep up, keep up with the Joneses. Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, and so, and, and then, you know, everything that goes along with it in the sport, you want all the sponsors and you want, mm. um, you know, yeah, you, you want people to know who you are. So I guess it's kind of, it, it, you know, it became everything I was about. And then my entire life started, was then centered around, becoming yeah. a CrossFit Games athlete, getting back to the CrossFit Games and getting better each year. And, uh, yeah. and, it's, and you know, and, and so for, for, for many years, it was, 
I lived and breathed the sport and was willing to do anything to I was willing to do anything and make any sacrifice necessary to make sure that I was you know going to make the CrossFit Games yeah so during all this time you also become a young business owner yep so you opened your first CrossFit affiliate yep at the age of 20 was it yep 2011 yep 20 yeah so so you were very young young business owner extremely had no idea what i was doing yeah how, how did you start the gym like, how did, <laughs> like at, at a young age mate i again like i look back at it and i'm like i just i don't even know how it happened like i'm like this yeah. is like because i had no idea what i was doing i still don't know what i'm doing yeah like when it comes to business like i'm still learning a heap of stuff um you know but back really it was a, the reason i opened the gym was because i wanted to have my own space to train so yeah. i opened the gym you know, and it was kind of my career. I was, I was, I was PTing people, so it was kind of the way I, I knew how to make money. Mm-hmm. But um, I really wanted a gym. I wanted somewhere I could open the doors, train all day, train all weekend. You know, I called the shots. I, I run the classes, made the rules, and that's mm. that's kind of why I opened the gym originally. And I, I found this dodgy little shed down in West Ipswich. Oh, yeah, that was my first CrossFit session. Yep. There. It was yep. great. And I, and I, I like it was a dodgy little gym, yeah. not much bigger than my garage. No, it was small. Yeah, right. but it, but Very I loved the place. I yeah. loved it. It was it was it was. You know, I absolutely love the place. And then the only reason we moved from there is because we got flooded. Yeah, 2011 um, floods. Yeah, 2011 yeah. floods. So we moved out of there and moved up the road. And the only reason we moved out of there was because there was a, some neighbours that were complaining. The noise complaints, yeah. Um, and then it was in, and then we moved to where, where the CrossFit Western Front still is yeah. today. So yeah. how long did you run CrossFit Western Front for as a whole? Four years. Four years? Yep. Yep. So during that time, you're an affiliate owner. Uh, full-time coach, yep. a games athlete, yep. and a partner. Yep. How did that affect you? Because that's a fairly big juggling act. Like yeah, you, you had four different hats on. Yeah, and I don't think. Uh, look, I honestly don't think I handled. I probably didn't. My priority, particularly, particularly probably through till about 25, 26 mm. years old, was being a CrossFit Games athlete. Like yeah. That's all I cared about. And if and if other if other things had to suffer, they had to suffer. Yeah. So as a result. My business probably didn't get a lot of the attention it should have at times. Uh, relationships I had with people um, didn't get the didn't get the best of me at times um, because you know if, if all I cared about was going to the games, going to the games, yeah, punching um, punching the ticket, punching the ticket. That's all I cared about. And you know, for those that know my story, there's there's you know I've had some success with that, but I've also had a lot of failures um, yeah. trying to get there as well because the competition is mm. is so tough. But again, like I was never deterred from I was never deterred from getting back there and. Um, it was always the primary focus. So when it came to juggling and when it came to balancing everything, um, look, to be honest with you, I, I probably didn't do as good a job. You know, so mm. I'd let those other balls drop on the ground a few t- every yeah. now and then. I'd do my best to juggle, but if, if I had to drop, if I had to let a ball go, it was never the training ball. Yeah. You know, it was never the competing balls. That was always going to stay up in the air. Yeah. And I always protected that with my life. So yeah. uh, as a result, other things suffered. Um, but we got through it. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm in a much better, healthier place. With so, it. so is that why you moved on from ownership? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it was getting, you know, it was really difficult, particularly as the sport grew and the demands for training um, yeah. grew. And, and I was probably still very much in a place where I was trying to make a name for myself and, and become a bigger, better version of yeah. myself. And so, you know, I was, I'd, I'd moved on and done some coaching in another affiliate. Yeah. Um, you know, my my plans for around that were to keep developing myself and mm-hmm. and um, expanding, you know, my brand. Um, and um, you know, there's a, I've taken a lot of that. You know, a lot of a lot of things that I've done 
over the years, particularly around like moving on from my gym, you know, I had some I had some good experiences and I had some bad experiences, and yeah. but um, all of them were learning experiences, and I'm in a, I mean, I don't regret any of the decisions I've made because I, I'm very happy with the person I am now, and I think I had yeah. to experience a lot of ups and downs yeah. to get to where I am. To be able to lead to where you are now. Yeah, hundred percent. You 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 learn from your mistakes. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. And I'm um, I'm glad that I've done them early in life. You know, like a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people make big mistakes. Oh, you know, 100%. later on in yeah. life, and like now, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, I, I've done all that before. I've had a family, and yeah. you know, and, and hopefully, you know, I've, and I've learnt, you know, what I need to do to, you know, sustain what I consider a much healthier life now. So yeah, so, um, so you went and coached at different affiliates, CrossFit Brisbane. Yeah, I was at CrossFit Brisbane for a couple of years. I still Head had coach. my gym for a little while. Yeah, uh, yeah, or one of the lead coaches yeah. there, um, and then. And still had Western Front for a little while as well, and then it was just CrossFit Brisbane, and then I moved on from there to CrossFit Cobra, which was Cara Saunders. Cara Saunders, yep. Um, we were there for a little while, um, and then more recently I was at CrossFit Neuro, yeah, um, which was also in a hospital. So I was um, I was doing a little bit of coaching there, but it was over the over the course of that time that the coaching demands were becoming less and less because the training demands of CrossFit were becoming more and more. Yeah. So my last gym that I was at, CrossFit Neuro. Um, you know, we recently had a baby, training training for to compete nowadays and be a world class yeah. athlete was, was taking up a big chunk of your day. So the you know, the coaching I was doing earlier on was much more considered a full time job. Whereas yeah. you know, up until last year when I was coaching at CrossFit Neuro it was, you know, a couple of hours a week. Yeah. But my, my plate was just as full because yeah. I was doing more training, I was you know, we had a young kid at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was learning how to be a father and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then on top of that, we we also uh, were doing some online programming. So yeah, I've never I've never really felt like I was lacking busyness, but um, yeah. but the makeup of what I was doing has changed a lot over the time. So what led you to leaving coaching face to face? My so I'm a stay at home dad now. So yep. I'm a full time stay at home dad. Um, little, and little man Nate. Little man Nate. Yeah, um, who is my my. My world. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny, hey, how you, are, funny how that you know yeah. how your priorities change very quickly. Changes your philosophy on life. Really yeah, quick. absolutely. And uh, he's he's my little man, and, and he's my he's my number one uh, my number one um, sort of job now. He is my job. So my job is to, <laughs> to yeah. keep him yeah. alive. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. but my wife's a school principal. Um, and she principal. Yeah, she's yeah, a school principal cool. for of the junior school at St Aidan's um, yep. Girls School at Corinda. Um, I'm a stay-at-home dad, and then I obviously train um, around around being a dad. So, yep. um, you know, that was a big part of why I, I stopped coaching. I was still doing some coaching on the weekends, um, mm. but I found that, you know, I'd coach all day. I'd also say coach for half a day on a Saturday, and then I'd still have my training to do, and then yep. I'd lose a whole weekend day with my wife. And I yep. wasn't getting any, you know, much time with my wife during the week either because we both mm. had busy schedules. I was training. She was working a lot. Um, and I just found, you know, like we were getting to Sunday. I was only seeing my wife on a Sunday. I was trashed from the yeah, week. Yeah, from a week of training. You know, so we weren't doing anything anyway. We were just yeah. lazing around. I was like, you know, I, I don't want to do this. I want to. I want to yeah, that's not. Know, I, I don't feel like it's fair for fair for her. And I, I wanted to invest more in our relationship. And you know, we've always had a great relationship, and she's always been super understanding. But I, I felt like it, she deserved more than that. So yeah, that was kind of the decision around why I stopped coaching. So your online programming platform. Yep. Swan Strong. Yep. Once that all that occurrence of leaving face to face, you know, time with your family, that led 
to that inspiration to start that? Yeah, so Swan Strong started, it actually started a bit earlier, um, but the build, the, it was sort of built in place because we knew, you know, mm. we were having a family. Um, I knew that I'd be the stay-at-home parent. Um, so it was kind of, we sort of started getting that ready um, in advance. So it's been running for over 18 months now, but it was kind of building up to the point where it would be my sort of, my means of staying in touch with the coaching side of CrossFit yep. um, while still being at home. So um, I'm very lucky. I've got a great business partner, Chris, who's a good mate of mine. Who, yep. He he is the, if there's one thing I'd learned from my first run of business is, mm. was to find someone who knew what they were doing when it comes to yep. the business side of business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very good at the product, but um, you need someone to run the show as well. So Chris, uh, Chris is my guiding hand when it comes to yeah. running the business, and I'm very grateful I've got him. He's a, he's yeah. a great bloke, um, and he he picks up a lot of my slack. Yeah, and then I uh, <laughs> and then uh, and then I uh, and then I obviously deliver the programming. Yeah, so it's I think it's a very good business idea as you being a stay-at-home dad. Yeah, like you've been able to do that from home while looking after Nate, and it, it's not it's probably a strenuous job like coming up with the programming and. As you said, you do it the week before, and then yeah, program so, sort of thing. So you're still juggling that balance, but it's a pretty good, pretty cool thing to do. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like it's it's good because it, 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 it every day it breaks up my day a little bit because you know yeah. I'm at home all day and like it just I'm allowed I can get into this sort of workspace a little bit where you know my brain can flick out of dad mode yeah. or it can flick out of athlete mode for a little bit. And it's just you know it's a little space in my in my day that I get to go and do something yeah. else, and it's kind of a creative outlet. I really mm-hmm. enjoy programming. I love the yeah I love coming up with not just workouts but also building a program towards a certain point like if we're trying to work on getting people good at you know this movement or we're trying to improve people's strength in this area or whatever like I love the the puzzle of programming yeah. and, and piecing it all together um, and I enjoy the problem solving aspect mm. of it so I still love doing that and that's why I you know I've, I've kept doing the programming and, and it also obviously allows me to stay in touch with the community a little bit more yeah. Um, I would love to dedicate more time to it, but at the moment it's kind of like, all right, he's down for a sleep, pull out the laptop. I don't yeah, know when he's going to wake up, when he's going to go, until he wakes <laughs> yeah. up and he cries, I've shut the laptop. Yeah. And, all right, I got, I got a lot done today. Or, oh, yeah, he was only asleep for 10 done. minutes, so I didn't get much done at yeah. all. So it's just about trying to stay ahead of the eight ball. Yeah. So with your with your business model you've got now for yourself, this yep. one strong online, yep. um, what sort of business goals do you have in the future? Yeah, I think right now, and it's still like, whilst my... Life has changed dramatically, particularly since having a kid and my priorities have changed. I'm still very much committed to getting the most out of myself athletically as possible mm-hmm. while while I can. I'm very aware that I'm coming towards the, pardon the, pardon the, the word I'm going to use, but the swan song of my career yeah. or the twilight. Swan song? <laughs> yeah, yeah like twilight that. of my career. <laughs> uh, you know, like I'm going to be 30 next year and like yeah. most athletes, you sort of, you know, early to mid 30s is when you probably start to slow up a little bit. Um, and I want to make sure that, you know, while I've been blessed with the, I guess, the talents I've been given and whilst I've worked really hard to get myself to this point, I don't want to put that to waste early or I don't want to look back in 10, 15 years and feel like I hung up the boots a bit too early. So I want to really give it the best I can. So competing is still a very high priority for me. And, and right now the programming side of things um, is below that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chris, my business partner, is aware of that. Um, and I think, you know, it's... For me, the the, prior, the priorities right now is family first and foremost, but right under that is competing and then programming. Um, and I think when I finish competing, I would love to dive into 
coaching and programming more because I feel yep. like I've got a lot to offer in that space, particularly yep. to like young up and coming athletes. Because yeah, 100%. you know I was in their shoes once, so you know yeah. I, I see myself sort of moving more into face to face coaching, developing high level athletes from a young age, and hopefully mentoring yep. younger athletes. Maybe not even just in CrossFit, but something what Rob Fort's doing. Rob, yeah, exactly. Rob yeah, yeah, Rob Forte's doing as well. So you know you see he's taking someone like Jay Crouch, who's yep. really hitting his straps now. So um, twenty one too. Yep. Young so. Dude. You know, yeah. Jay, Jay's coming through and he's, you know, I, I, you know, he's, he's so incredibly lucky to have a guy like Rob, mm. um, overseeing him and his training and has done for the last couple of years, you know, like Rob's, Rob is hands down the toughest competitor I've ever competed mm. against. And I'm, I'm talking like on a worldwide scale. He's, he's someone I admire a lot because he, Rob doesn't have a lot of the talents that a lot of other athletes have. Like, and I hope mm. he doesn't mind me saying this, but like, you know, like, you know, Rob's probably not, he's not the best mover. Like his Olympic lifts aren't super tidy and his gymnastics have never been amazing, but he always found a way to win. And he always yeah. found out, like he was, he was always, yeah, always like the best on the floor. Like it didn't matter if he wasn't good at something, he always figured out a way to be, to be the best. And mm. I had some, I've so, I still, I have so much respect and admiration for Rob because he, he would, he would just figure it out. And he, and he, and year after year he would end up at the games and, um, How many years in a row did he go? Like eight, eight years. He's had a couple as a team as well. Was yeah, that, yeah. So a couple as a team, but and you know, similar to me now, he's got he's got a kid. And, you know, he's starting to move in more of that coaching space. But um, you know, like I would kill to have someone like Rob. You know, is helping me through those young mm. years because you know a lot of that stuff I figured out and I made made a lot of mistakes along the way that I can look back on now and I'm hoping I can you know help some kids like Rob is doing with Jay so that they don't yeah. make the same mistakes. Yeah, that, that's I, I can see you doing that quite successfully as well because there's, there's a lot of young kids and, and you could do it for any sport yeah really. exactly you, I think it, I think it transcends to, you know yeah. I think it transcends um, CrossFit you know it's, it's, there's, there's young athletes out there in every sport that are you know trying to make a name for themselves and make their mark and, mm. and, and a lot of you know there's, and there's so many kids that have so much potential and are so so blessed with God given talent but <laughs> but yeah. you know they, they hit one too many little roadblocks or Things don't go their way, and they throw it all away early, yeah. and they could have been something amazing. And I want to, you know, I want to, I want to help those guys, um, and, yeah. and and pass on what I can. Because if there's one thing I'm proud of in my career, it's the fact that I, if I ever got hit with a roadblock or, or you know, missed a mark or something like that, I, I dusted myself off and, and got yeah, back got to back work, and, I, and I'm still doing that. I, so. Yeah, I think you got a lot of te- lot to teach from your lessons you've learned, for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. So. How long do you see yourself being able to compete for? Because you're 30... 30 year? next year. 30 I next don't year. really have a plan. It kind of goes year by year at the yeah. moment. But um, I just want to know that... I think it's funny because, you know, athletes often say, oh, you'll, you'll know when your time is up. Like, you'll know when it's time. And it's like a cliche thing. But I think it, I think it's very true in a lot of ways. I think you'll sort of see the writing on the wall mm-hmm. at one point. Like, all right, it's, you know, I've, I've, I've got this in me and then, and yeah. then it's, it's got to be time. Um, you know, or, or lifestyles change or whatever. And, you know, I've, I've, I've gone through some changes in the last 12 months because, you know, my lifestyle has changed dramatically and my priorities now are very much family first. So <coughs> I need to make sure yeah. that I'm working around those priorities. Um, you know, but I, I would like to see myself at least, you know, at least into my sort of early 30s. You know, yeah. I, I can see myself going to say 32, do you, do you have any other goals competing-wise? Anything else you want to compete in? Well, yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's, I haven't really advertised it much at the moment, but I, I think it's it's slowly seeping out there that I, at the moment I'm having a little bit of a hiatus from CrossFit. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm focusing on Olympic lifting in my training. So I've, I've always really enjoyed Olympic lifting and it's probably been the, it's been the side of, 
or the aspect of CrossFit that I've always naturally gravitated towards yep. or succeeded at the most. Um, you know, if there was ever a, a 1RM snatch or clean and jerk or something yeah. that came up, I was always sort of licking my lips because I knew you, I was going to do well. You want an overhead squat event at regionals, didn't you? Was yeah, there? well, I've yeah. won a few different, like, like yeah. I've, I, you know, I, I think I, I was always sort of top three in the snatches or clean and jerks or whatever. Yeah. I, I, you know, like I, I won, there was a heavy snatch ladder one year that I won. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a 1RM hang snatch early on in the piece. I came I came second behind, behind one, Will Edgar, who... Yeah, he was a monster, um, and I was you know I was much smaller than him, but you know it was mm. top three there, and I won an overhead squat event, and so I've always done particularly well there, and but it's always been I've always just done enough to stay good at it or good enough yeah. at it in the sport, and there's been this this curiosity within me to to know what I could actually do if I focused on it for a bit, and I kind of wanted to see what I can accomplish, mm-hmm. um, so I decided to give it a good crack um, before I got too old. Yeah. I want to see what sort of numbers I can actually put up. Um, and I sort of, I figure if, you know, I'll give it a go. And if, you know, if, if things are, if I decide I want to go back to CrossFit, I've probably got a few more years left in me. I can, yeah. I can go back. And the decision really came when this whole COVID thing happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sort of tossing up after this season, maybe looking at doing it anyway. And then this season basically got canceled because yeah. of, the, because of COVID. the COVID stuff. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it now. And then, you know, if I get nine months down the track and this isn't working for me I haven't really lost anything yeah I can you know I can get fit again in a few months and 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 sort of you know I might miss a couple of early comps in the year but I can do something in the back in the later half of the year so I haven't really missed much but if it goes the way I want it to which would be obviously my numbers are improving and I do some competitions and do well you know I'd love to see myself you know putting on green and gold and 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 lifting for Australia yeah that'd be a pretty cool thing to do yeah you know it's I think I'd love to when you know watching Tia win the gold medal at Commonwealth Games. Oh, it's, just etched in, it's just yeah. etched in my brain, and you know to be able, I'm not saying I'm going to win a gold medal, but <laughs> yeah. to be able to walk out and represent On your the country, platform. yeah, you know, yeah, you know I've represented my country at the CrossFit Games, but um, you know to be able to put on green and gold and yeah. go out there and lift for Australia or something like that is just something that you know I think if I if I had the choice between doing another CrossFit Games or, or being able to say I've done that. Um, I think I would if I had the opportunity to do it and I, and I skipped down it I might regret it so I thought you know why not let's just go for yeah. it because you're still competing CrossFit wise at a pretty high level like you come fifth at the Australian CrossFit Championship yeah fifth, yeah. yeah I came so fifth there and um, so you're still doing it right even balancing you know yeah your, your you know, like I've done, I've, yeah, I've done, yeah this whole there's a big change like to be a, Sorry, mate. Oh, to mate. be a, oh, it's not a drop it. Destroying <laughs> <a> microphone. <laughs> to be to be a world class CrossFit Games athlete now, you need to be training four or five hours a day because yeah. there are so many boxes that you need to tick. And I don't have that time anymore because I'm a, mm. I, I might get two three hours a day because I'm a stay at home dad. And in my head for the last probably six months, I was really wrestling with the anxiety around not, not being able to train as much as some of these guys yeah. and worried about. You know, am I doing enough and trying to come up with ways in my own programming to sort of tick as many boxes as possible and then I wasn't getting any time for recovery. I wasn't sleeping enough because I was getting up early to train, I was staying up late to train and yeah. I was getting grouchier and I didn't really like the person I was becoming and you know, I, again I didn't think that was fair on my family. So um, that as well sort of contributed to me yeah. making the decision because with Olympic lifting I can train in two or three hours a day, I've got time for recovery, I've got more time for my family. And I've been much happier since I've since I've made yeah, the decision. For sure. So you, you found so in a previous episode I spoke with a lady, a good friend of mine, Belinda, and she mentioned that she found happiness by making hard decisions. Yeah. Um so obviously 
maybe semi-retiring from CrossFit was a hard yep. decision to make because yep. obviously you've done it for so long. Yep. It's been your career. Yeah. Um, but you've made that decision based on happiness. Correct. And, and fulfilling happiness with your family. Yeah, so that was, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. And it was a really, it was a really hard decision. It was one I wrestled with for weeks and weeks. So I was not sleeping for a couple of weeks at all because it, mm. it was always in the back of my head. And I knew I kind of wanted to do it, but it was also really hard to make that leap because I've been Brandon Swan, the CrossFit athlete, for so long. And it's yeah. become such a large part of my identity. And what if, you know, what if all that stuff that I've talked about earlier comes flooding back what if people yeah. don't like me what if people think it's silly or mm. what if you're not as good as you were at CrossFit or um, you know that and you know are you going to miss competing mm. or you know what if you know what if less people find you interesting anymore like all those thoughts go through your head but what I had to also ask myself and what I eventually came to was well, what if Mm. What if this is what you've been wanting for a long yeah. time? What if, what if only good things come from this? You know, what yeah. if you get to live for Australia? Um, you don't know if unless you try. Exactly, yeah. and I'm, and I wasn't going to, and I, you know, and I kind of I realised I sort of I might make another CrossFit Games, but yeah. I also know that if I got there, it would be very very difficult for me to say be a top ten athlete yeah. with the amount of training I can put in mm. and the amount of energy I can dedicate to it with my family and and, and my lifestyle. So. You know, and I don't want to go over there and get cut on day one. No, you know, so <laughs> not not the way they I've run got, it now. No, you know, yeah. so that and you know, I also might go a little further, but I, I looked at that and I was like, look, there's the possibility of doing that, or I can throw my dice mm-hmm. over here at this weightlifting dream and just give it a go and see what happens. And I was like, you know, I had some conversations with some people I really are close to me and who whose opinions I trust, um, and. Um, they helped me come to a decision and, and like I said ever since I've finally sort of ripped the band-aid off I've, I've been much happier and much more comfortable and you know even like we've only been doing this for like six weeks now but I've got I've got more time with my family yeah. and I'm not as grouchy and I'm more invested and present yeah. at the time because I'm not thinking about all this training stuff I need to do and uh, yeah so I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with the decision so far yeah. and hopefully it goes in the direction I want it to yeah so where do you see yourself in 10 years Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, mate. Hopefully, 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 still talking to you. Yeah, uh, nice. mate. I have no idea, honestly. I, I, you know, obviously, I'll probably stop competing. Then, will I be still as involved with sort of CrossFit or weightlifting or whatever? I don't really know. Um, for I, I've kind of got this pipe pipe dream of sort of wanting to become a firefighter as well. So I can see myself. I think that's every that. male's dream, mate. Yeah, you know, because I'm I'm hundred percent. Well, I just want to be in the calendar, you know. No. <laughs> Again, it's a lot of it's driven by sort of a lot of it's, I, I love helping people, I love serving, I, I I love my family, and I feel like that sort of that career gives you a bit of everything. Like yeah. you know, I still get to be physical. I can still keep up a, a healthy training regime because of the the yep. hours of firefighters work. I still get plenty of time with my family. You know, I'll be able to go and pick up my son from school a couple of days a week. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's so for me that that career really speaks to me in that regard. You know, there's a, there's a brotherhood aspect there that, yeah, you know, that, I, I, that we yeah. still crave with, you know, with, you know, you hear about all the, you know, the, the mateship between firefighters. And so there's all these little things that I don't draw me towards that career. And, um, and that's kind of where I see myself maybe heading yeah. after competing. And again, like if I still want to do some coaching, I, I can fit that in because yeah, you've got that background. Yeah. yeah. So who knows? But, um, right now I'm sort of just looking at the next couple of years and hopefully with, with, you know, a little bit of elbow grease and hard work. You'll see me. Uh, so the see goals. me on a platform with uh, with with the goals. Com games. 
Yeah, I think so. I'm yeah. backing you in, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot for it anyway and see yeah. how we go. Well, you got my support, buddy. Thanks, mate. But Brendan, that leads us to the end, mate. Thank you so much for sitting down with me today. I appreciate uh, it, mate. Running me through the paces, squatting and cleaning, <laughs> and it was very good fun, mate. You should do it more often, that's for sure. So, Brendan, thanks, buddy. Thanks, bro. It was awesome. Alright guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. That was Brendan Swan. Please like, subscribe, follow. See you next week. Bye-bye.